Welcome to Dixon Jane's podcast number 954. Pretty sure this is the start. Um, but I'm in one of those strange places where I'm not quite where I'm supposed to be. I don't like those. I don't get those often, but there's it, just sort of an awkward feeling of, you know, not quite finding the right groove. I think it's because in the back of my mind, I know I was thinking about going to the only cafe, and not the only, the uh, Eaton House, because there's only two shows left before they demolish that building. And uh, that is a shame. Another historic landmark gone. An old-style bar with a dance floor and a band and, uh, you know, a little bit of character, a little bit of sleaze. And uh, it's going to be gone forever. So, um, tonight there's a chance to go and see a band. I think it was the dogs I've seen before, but I didn't want to go on my own. John's not around. Brian's not around. And, uh, I just, you know, the, the extra business of getting on that subway and getting home and catching two buses to get me back to my door, uh, just didn't feel up to it. Especially, you know, if I do that, I'd have a few beer and I'd have a toke. And then, you know, hey, and going with the walker and really having to watch myself carefully, you know, every step of the way, literally, uh, no, just wasn't up to it. So anyway, didn't do that. I had already accepted I wasn't going to do that. My buddy Bruce said, oh, come on, you know, you spend more money when you go to the races or whatever. Take a taxi, take a an Uber home, you know, spend an extra 30 bucks, whatever. And he is right. I could have done that, but I just didn't feel... I could justify spending that extra money. It would have been at least a $50 night, you know, if I didn't eat any food there, uh, you know, for the trip home and uh, the beer. And for just me on my own. And, yeah, if I was high, I would have had a good time, would have enjoyed the band. I, I might have ended up sitting at a table with some other people. It's possible. Or possibly I'd just be sitting by myself. And, yeah, hey. Anyway, I didn't do that. I'm not doing that. Right now I'm sitting in my road track. It's about 8.30. I've just spent half an hour. Here's another thing that's out of sorts. Just watching reels on my Facebook stream, I guess. Or was it Facebook or was it Twitter? No, I guess it was uh, Facebook. You know, they get the reels come up, these short things. Like, I I, I never got TikTok. I, I, I won't have it on my device because I'd watch too many. And I know I normally don't do that. I don't watch YouTube much, but the reels are just they're short, and there's still the, these girls dance this, um, you know, that crazy song, the Panama hat. Anyway, I I just get wow. I can watch that and something will suck me in. And then I'll go on all the damn stupid family guy things. So 
I went upstairs and I lay on my bed for a while. Nalco's sleeping on the sofa. Dan's in his room. I lay in my bed and half an hour passed when I was completely amused. One by one by one. Anything you don't watch, you don't catch in the first couple of seconds. No, scroll past, pass, pass. But something you'll do. And I realized I could have done that for much longer. And I, that's not the way to spend time. That ain't right. It's it's mindless in a way, but your your brain is you know it, it's like pushing the paw to get another pellet, pushing the paw down on this lever, and you get another pellet, and yeah, okay, 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 and God damn it, man, that is not the way to live a life. So I forced myself to get up and come out of the road track and start talking to you, and get this out of my system, you know. Get come on, get I got to get back in the groove now. The day was okay because I did do something given that I knew I wasn't going to go to the Eaton House. I went to Common Good Beer. It's a brewery on um, Eglinton near Warden. No, Ellesmere near Warden. And they were launching a new beer today called uh, Scarbrew. Scarbrew. Was it Scarbrew? (laughs) I got a picture here. Let me look at the picture. What does it say? And, um, uh, come on, come on, come on, come on, where is it? Here it is. Yeah, it is Scarborough. A lovely can, a really nice colors, nice design. It's a mango light lager. So I had a draft of that and I bought two cans home. One's, they're in the fridge now. And that was good. It made myself go out and do something. And then I talked to the guy. Because they had a little thing going on. It was Scarborough Spots, which I follow. If you're not from Scarborough, I I'm, I won't even explain, except there's a guy who's doing a lot to promote Scarborough. And he's doing a fine job. You can follow Scarborough Spots on um, Instagram. I've got a picture of him right here. One of two of us t- took together. He's wearing a beautiful black T-shirt that says Scarborough Proud. And... Um, I would have bought one today myself, except they're 30 bucks, And I, I just can't justify 30 bucks If I can't get a taxi home or Uber home, I can't buy myself another T-shirt I don't need. But I like that. And I like that message. And I think if I go to, um, yeah, if I go to, not if I go, when I go to Lowell this year, I should be wearing a Scarborough Proud shirt just to say, hey, we have an appearance here. Because I, I, I told him, we had a great talk. I think his name is Jamie, about how much my kids like growing up in Scarborough and how much I'm a Scarborough fan. We had a, we had a really nice talk. And um, so the day was spent well enough. You know, the music there was good. They had a band outside that is T-shirt and hat display, a lot of cool hats and stuff all about Scarborough. So it was the right thing to do. It was a good thing to do. And I was even thinking of going back again tonight, but I'd probably not be a wise decision because I'd be drinking and driving. So here I am. I thought I had a lot of important things to say to get out of the way, but I'm feeling a little awkward. I know I have so few listeners, and I know a lot of the stuff that I talk about just isn't of interest to most people. It is to me, and that's why I'm doing, and that's my justification. You know, hey, you're doing it for yourself. 
Do it for yourself. Don't worry about them or anybody else. It's not about trying to launch something new and get a whole lot of people. It's just me rambling on, but it is it is a good record of my life. I mean, I've just told you where I was today. Hey, that's a piece of history. It's my history. Not yours, but it's Scarborough history, too. I guess maybe here's the thing. Here's the thing. I introduced myself to Jamie as Scarborough Dude. And we had a nice exchange, and he greeted me later because I was still hanging around. And he said, hey, Scarborough Dude, how are you doing? Enjoying yourself? And I was kind of afraid that, oh, if he finds, makes the connection and finds, oh, Scarborough Dude does a podcast, and he listens, like any other person listening for the first time, this isn't, yeah, no, it's not for me. No, no thanks. Ooh, some old guy going on and on and on. Not for me. And and so it made me a little self-conscious, and that's why I'm having a little bit of a, a little bit of a feeling of not being in the right place or zone or uh, not quite right tonight. I know if I had a toke, it'd change things around, and I, and I could. Do, why not? You know, I never do at home. Uh, I've got. I'm sitting here. I'm looking at the fridge. The fridge is full of all my weed and everything, so I could easily do that. In fact, I've even got pre-rolled joints. I probably will. I have the feeling I'm going to have a toke, but not right now. Not till I get this out of the way. Yeah, yeah. And save some part of a day I had rude. That's that's what it's all about. Listen, I do have, I did make some notes, and there are things I want to get out of the way uh, that I, I feel need correcting. And one of them is I referred to that last book, uh, and I found the gentleman's name. Um, it was called Prisoner number 1056, and this was by Roy Rednavel, who spent time in Scarborough and made a very great successful successful life, uh, you know, and, and became quite wealthy and good businessman and so on, arriving here poor, you know, 18-year-old, having just survived uh, uh, captivity after the war, or during the war in um, Sri Lanka. Uh, with a lot of nasty feelings, and so it was a good, heartfelt story. However, I did read a quote on my last episode, something about Canada is not a racist country. And now, my current book is Unbroken by uh, Angela Sterrett, and it is all about Canada's mistreatment of the Aboriginal people. And focuses a lot on the Highway of Tears and the the murdered, murdered and missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls. Uh, it's a hard read. I'm I'm I've only got about sixty pages left to go, but it's it's you know every page is is suffering and pain and anguish, but it makes you aware of the fact that whoa, what uh, what's his name? Roy said about Canada not being at all racist. Yeah, there is racism, there has been, and, and institutional racism towards the Native people. Our whole history is about that, and I think there is an awful lot of black racism also. And for me to quote him saying he didn't see it from him being a dark-colored person, uh, well, he, he, I think he saw what he wanted to see. And what he wanted was a happy Canada story, and look at me, I'm successful. And he, there's a whole lot he did not cover, 
And I don't think there was ever a mention anywhere about Native people in the whole book. And so reading, my point being, I am still educating myself about a lot of things. And sometimes I push back and, and so on. And maybe for a while I thought, yeah, it's nice. No, we're not a, a, a racist country. Not all Canadians are racist. But it is there. It is in the system. There's a long history of it. A lot of people aren't over it yet. And there's been a lot of suffering that hasn't been addressed yet. So I just wanted to kind of correct that in case it sounded at all like, uh, you know, I'm okay. Yeah, everything's great in Canada. You know. There's still a lot of suffering. Um, I've got a note here about the riots going on in France over the killing of a North African and people using that to riot for four days and burn cars and buses and just destroy public property. That doesn't help anybody, anything. It just creates more polarization. And I think a lot of people just did it for the fun of it. It wasn't about justice at all. Ugh, it bothers me. I guess any kind of violence and fires, it, I'm not for it. It doesn't doesn't help. It, it makes a statement that gets coverage, but it doesn't make the world a better world. Cluster bombs. The USA has decided... Ukraine needs more cluster bombs, and uh, Canada is one of many nations against the use of these, ban the use of them. And here's the United States. Well, we got a supply, and uh, the Ukrainians need that if they're going to beat the Russians, so we're going to ship them over and uh, with apologies. That's really sad. I think they... There should be so there should be focus on okay how we're going to move towards a peace. You know, let Russia know no, you're not going to get the country and you're not going to win. But let's, you know, on the side somewhere, somebody talking towards another solution instead of ramping it up with cluster bombs. God damn it. <sighs> okay. So we got that out of the way. We got that out of the way. Um, purpose, what I'm reading about these other lives and a little bit of history. I'm glad about that. Um, maybe I'll go back to Angela Sterrett's uh, book. I don't think many non-Indigenous people understood then or understand even now the coping mechanisms that some Indigenous people developed to survive the intergenerational trauma of residential schools, dislocation, systematic sexual abuse, cultural genocide, and starvation. And I guess her stories were, I mean, I've seen them, I've talked about them, the people on the streets in Vancouver, here in Toronto, that are just broken individuals, strung out on drugs and alcohol, and their lives are ruined, and it's disastrous. And any the, the children suffer, and and it is intergenerational. And what she's going at is, yeah, you can see that, but it, that, that's only part of the picture. That's the end result of all the things that came before then: losing the culture, losing the land, being forced onto reserves. There's there's reasons for this kind of thing, and uh, it's sad, and I'm glad to be a little, just a little bit better informed, maybe just a little bit more understanding, maybe maybe just a little bit more compassionate rather than uh, dismissing these things. Here's something else. I'll just read it to you. I'm not quite sure where. Maybe it came from 
Where did it come from? The core issue is that being white comes with very little understanding of what it's like not to be white. (laughs) Sorry, I'm laughing, but that is just so true. It's that simple. The core issue is that being white comes with very little understanding of what it's like not to be white. And oftentimes no effort to understand. And in the case of many on the right, an active effort to ensure this understanding cannot occur because it makes them feel bad. You don't want to know. We assume everyone's experience is just like ours. And this assumption removes empathy as an option. And I guess that's exactly the point I was trying to get at there. When you read these stories, you, you can see things from a different perspective. What it would be like to be that person. I mean, the, the, girl, the woman who wrote the story, my God, she lived on the streets at the age of 14. She hitchhiked across Canada and the States. She has suffered. She's paid the price. She's been in abusive relationships. And bit by bit, she's made herself a, an author and a reporter, a journalist. Uh, she's helped people down in Vancouver East, uh, East Side. So it's been an interesting read about, you know, Prince George, where uh, a place that meant so much to me, my own little personal history, uh, and, but on the reserves and the family and the family history of, God, the horror that she went through and yet came out a better person for it. The Umbrella Academy, we're jumping ahead now. No, there is one last piece. The I talked about it before. It's come back up onto the news. The idea that there are some indigenous women's bodies from a serial killer buried in landfill. I think it's Alberta, but it might not be. It might be Manitoba. It might be Saskatchewan. I don't know. Sorry. Um, the estimate is it would, co- it would take three years to find those bodies digging up. It would be highly hazardous to anybody doing it. They'd probably have to wear hazmat and so on, digging through what's in these landfills. Um, and dangerous and cost $3 million. And they're saying, hey, these are, we need these bodies back. And I'm on the side that says, no, the government said, no, we're not doing it. And I know there's going to be a whole lot. And we're going to say this is just another case of racism, indifference to the, the these people and their spirits. And if they were white women, would they dig them up? And I'm hoping the answer would be, no, sorry, if there are white women who were killed by a serial killer and are somewhere in this massive area, um, the bodies aren't coming back. They're buried. They're gone. I know that sounds cold, but I'm thinking, okay, take that $3 million and say, right, we're going to commit the money it would spend it's going to go towards scholarships for Aboriginal women, for something, for, you know, not, not the water, because the water should be given anyway, but something extra, something special that could change, that could improve somebody's life. Take some money that it would cost otherwise and name it after those the women who were, were gone. Scholarships in their names, something that's more meaningful than getting what's left of their bodies back. Okay. Just an opinion. Just an opinion. Umbrella Academy, I just finished season one, just starting season two. Absolutely loving it. And uh, here's my take. And I've said this so many times on the Dixon Jeans podcast. How are we doing for time? Oh, God, 20 minutes already. I've said it so many times. I get so much hope and satisfaction and joy and belief and faith in mankind when I see creativity in the form of music, but in particular movies 
TV shows, series like this thing that has amazing actors, but amazing character development, amazing script writers, amazing effects, amazing cinematography, all the stuff. It's just so amazing. And it's the wonder. Look what humans can do. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And then you get the fucking Taliban closing down all the beauty parlors in Afghanistan. And you say, well, what's the big deal? They're just beauty parlors. No, it's that music is bad. Dancing is bad. Women being seen is bad. This stupidity, this blind pig-headed fucking stupidity. Sorry. It it just it just it it bothers me. It bothers me a lot. It really bothers me. Cuz this is primitive pig-headed stupid fucking thinking. It's not thinking. It's stupidity. It's brutality, my men. Okay, park that, park that, park that. Can we, is, do I have a happy note left? No, I'm sorry. I've used everything. <laughs> uh, I, my parking ticket <laughs> from the last time I went there, I haven't paid it yet. And they tell you, okay, if you don't pay within 15 days, there's going to be an added, you know, administration fee added on. But I haven't heard back yet. And so I read the fine print again on online. It says, if you request a review, do not pay your parking violation until a decision has been made by a screening officer. So I'm waiting. Um, payment made before a screening review will void your review because your case will be considered resolved. So I'm still waiting on whether or not I have to pay that $30, and I really hope I don't. And then if I don't have to pay that $30, hey, that gives me $30 to get a Uber home from the uh, from, <laughs> from the Eaton House in two weeks. All right, so there we go. We've gone full circle. I guess that's okay. I'll stop now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something to uh, I'll probably just go in and watch the Umbrella Academy. Maybe I won't do anything special at all. All right. Scarborough Dude signing off from Inside Sal. Feeling a little better having got some of that out of my system. Sorry about all the yelling and venting, but hey, I, I feel very strongly on some things. Bye-bye. Oh, sorry. Ah, my goodness. Um, now, I thought, I was hoping that you'd be listening to Love and Rockets right now, and you'd be hearing it... <coughs> sorry. In stereo, um, from both speakers, but uh, no, that was in the 88, and we've only got the right speaker. Working the left speaker is officially dead... And so is my JVC player, um, the diagnostics are that um, it probably caused the left speaker to die, uh, but it's not. There's a whole channel that's out, it's just not working. And um, so, boy, I'm not wasting any time telling you the latest news, am I? I'm sort of 
holding it back, I guess, temporarily from announcing to Nelco that I'm going to spend dollars on um, replacing the driver's door speaker, which is something to get at. There's a lot of paneling that's got to be moved to get in there. It's, it's a, it takes time. And the entire CD radio combo player thing. So, that's it. Um, he's got to order the speaker. Uh, so I won't be getting this all done until sometime next week. But I said, you know, I, I was sort of hesitating. I mean, I could, I could live with one speaker, but what's the point? Especially if I'm going to sell this vehicle. I mean, that, that's the clincher. If I'm going to sell this vehicle, and I, you know, I'm going to have to in time, um, i got to sell it with a working radio and unit. You know, hey, this thing's in mint condition. Hey, look at it. We're looking at a brand new stereo system there, for Christ's sake. You know, of course you're going to pay a little extra. So that's my excuse, right, or ration, rationalization, I suppose. Um, but, um, you know, that that's okay. That's okay. Um, I paid a deposit. I was going to, I was going to leave. Oh, I'll call you. I'll think about, it. you know, the usual, you know, I don't know. Um, let me think about it knowing I'm going to say yes. Now, what really sold me was when he took the, the new, um, Kenwood unit replacement unit out of the box and showed me it's got Bluetooth. It's still got the little, um, you know, the auxiliary plug. But it's got Bluetooth. I can answer my phone using this thing. It's it's a step up. It's a new system. It's got everything I need and more. So I'm kind of happy about it except for the dollars I'm going to have to pay to have for the, you know, the parts, the speaker, the unit, and his labor. Because it is labor-intensive. But I'm really glad about this guy. This is Ray's Audio. Uh, Ray's Car Audio. Ray's Car Audio and Security. I would recommend him. And I'm really glad I found him. Because all, all along, I've since I've had this problem, okay, i got to get that fixed. And I think, well, where do you go, you know? Do you just take a chance, drive up Kennedy, where they have all these car stereo places, and, you know, hope to get lucky? And uh, then I think I told you there was some guy called Jake or something, and I drove up to the place, and oh my God, there's no way I'm bringing my car in there. And so Googled a bit more, found Ray. I think I already told you this, sorry. But it felt right. And when I went in and talked to Ray, okay, this guy's honest. This guy takes great pride in his business. He knows what he's doing. He's like the sole proprietor. He's He's got a shop. He's got an inventory there, a lot of stuff. This guy's invested in it. He knows. And I felt I felt good about it. And I was able to tell him that. Now, you, you, I think you're an honest man. So, yeah. I mean, I tried to beat him down a little bit, you know. You usually do that. I mean, you save a little bit of labor here. You do both at the same time. And uh, no, no, no. The price he gave was firm and I would say overall fair. It's just that, oh, God, where's that going to come from? Well, I got a new credit card. I have a credit card I only use for vehicle expenses, because it was a GM card and I could get money off from any GM servicing I have to do for the road track. So that seemed like the right card to use. Uh, <laughs> hello. Anyway, uh, that's that's the latest update. I don't have any quotes for you today. I have quotes and I'm not going to read them. 
I'm done. I finished Unbroken. And then I finished the other sort of detective novel I was reading. That was easy to plow through. Um, there's no, there's nothing to share there. There's no thrill. It's just, it was just fun. You know, it's like reading any of these guys who write a dozen or more books about the same police detective or character or, you know, proctologist or whoever, they're going to be good. You know, they're going to be bestsellers. They're going to, they, they know what to do. They know how to write a story. So, um, enough said about that. Now, I had my last physio today, and I gave her a book. I was a little embarrassed about what well, she wanted, you know, and so I have to say, you know, you don't have to read this, but she was thrilled. This is uh, Nic- Nicola. I call her Nicola, but it's Nicola, I guess, um, who I've, this is the second time I've worked with her over a long period of time, and she's just great, and she's enjoyed working with me because I'm, I'm personable. And my case is quite unique. And so she was constantly trying to see, can, he, can you do this? What happens if we try this? All the time, every week. And so uh, anyway, um, so I got a little certificate of completion from the program, which I've just posted on Discord. And um, uh, recommendation that I join Variety Village so I can do exercise on a regular basis and that seems a good idea but that's another you know that's about well three hundred and seventy five dollars for uh, a year membership am i gonna go that often so i'm I'm, that's on hold right now that's on hold the priority was getting my new radio for the road trick um now where were we we're finished finished that okay that's oh and so she was really happy about getting the book volume two i gave her um, I thought there was something else I had to report, but I, uh, maybe not, maybe not. Uh, this is just, I'm in, uh, Tom Bluffers Park right now, my usual spot. I drove down this place where I go, it's straight up all the way to the top of, uh, Midland on, uh, Star Boulevard. So it's, it's a convenient location for a drive. It's a 20 minute drive, but you're, it's just straight up a very well paved main road you know, two lanes each way, so it's uh, it, it's an easy place to get to, and I had no trouble finding a parking spot, I was worried about that, and it's fine, and Ray got in and just drove this thing around to the back, I guess, he had another place where he preferred to work, I don't know why or how, but uh, it was funny, I was sitting inside his shop, and suddenly I see my road track go by, jeez, I thought he was going to fix it right there in front of his shop, no, no, get into the place, anyway, 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 um, I guess that's about it, <sighs> Oh, yeah. So talking to Nicola, she was very happy to get the book. And she said, oh, I'm reading now uh, Bono's story. And I said, you know, I've picked that up twice at the library in the news section. And I've each time I've rejected it, saying, no, I don't want to read some, you know, self-engrandizing pop star story. And she said, it's really interesting. I've learned a lot. So now... I'm thinking I got to go back, so I'm going to return to books today and get yet another autobiography. So uh, you'll be hearing about that because this is the kind of things I like to share with you. You know, I'm, I'm I'm doing something. I think my message is okay. Here's the message: if you haven't fucking already got it, if you need to be hammered over the head, I'm 75. Life isn't over. I am still learning. I'm still getting a thrill out of learning and understanding. 
I'm feeling, you know, week by week, I'm getting in a happier, better place in spite of my condition physically. And things are good. Life doesn't stop like this. Uh, it's just, you know, I'm not sitting like an old man drooling and staring at the TV watching The Price is Right. No, no. I'm out there doing stuff, learning stuff, digging stuff, okay? So that's the message. Don't give up. Don't, you know, write off old people because you're going to be old. If you're lucky, you're going to be old. And uh, you'll want to push yourself a little bit too. So uh, there's my message to you. Scarborough Dude signing out from Bluffords Park. I'm going to get me wait to ho, 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 ho. wait until you hear this new sound system. I already decided the first CD I'm going to play is going to be Love and Rockets. Something, something I can really crank up. Scarborough Dude signing off. Bye for now. And we're back on. Yes, sir. And ma'am, it is, uh, gosh, what what is the date today? Ooh, June, July, July 11th. And uh, I'm at Thompson Park this time in the uh, Toyota. That's why you get the little bell, the ding-dong-ding. I have got my uh, large Max iced coffee, for which I only paid a dollar this time. I never did go back to uh, reclaim what the 250 I spent on a muffin and donut a muffin and coffee I never got it just the time the drive the hassle involved to get the manager to argue my case and try and prove it they stole McDonald's stole money from me for uh, you know charging me for something I never got by ordering anyway anybody who's a regular listener to the Dixon Jane's podcast knows the trouble I have with the apps, Tim Hortons, McDonald's, but uh, today I got my uh, <laughs> I got my large coffee without any problem. I just followed through. It took it took several tries. I pulled over before getting in the line, and of course, then about six other cars got in ahead of me. But I had to pull over to sort it out, and it's add this to previous order, and I'm thinking, oh, hang on there, buddy. What previous order? I don't have any previous order. And so it took a while to keep restarting. But anyway, in the end, I got, I want a large iced coffee. I want to redeem this or activate this certificate that gets it for a dollar. And here we go. The only thing is when I drove up, drove up and repeated, I gave her the number and she said, Scarborough? And um, I said, hmm? First name Scarborough? <laughs> Jokes on them. I said, oh, yeah, that's me. So uh, somewhere McDonald's has connected me to the Scarborough dude. I don't quite know how, but uh, you, anybody who's out there in computer land, knows how these things work. So, <laughs> yeah, Scarborough, last name Dude. Ordered a coffee and got the one he wanted. So now I'm talking to you. But I made a rule. I, I came out to pick up my meds that um, were ready for me. And said, well, since I'm here at this sort of mall at um, near Midland and um, right opposite the mosque. The big mosque in Scarborough, Midland and Lawrence. Um, I may as well go into the uh, Fresco and get some bread for tonight's supper. But I told myself, okay, now, if you go in and if you buy meat, then you're not allowed to go to Thompson Park and podcasts because you can't leave meat in this hot weather in your car while you're talking to people. 
Well, I bought meat, and it's sitting in the back of the car. I broke the rule because rules, as you know, especially any rules I face up to, are meant to be broken. So I'll keep this short so that I can get the meat back. Two steaks for $5. Now, last week I bought two steaks for $6. The same two, the same packaging. I guess they just, I don't know, you don't even want to think about it, what's involved here. But, all right, I'll take those because I only had two and there's three of us, so let's cook four steaks tonight. Now, um, while I'm here, I am looking right now. Again, this is for regular listeners only. Regular listeners will understand. I am looking right now at The Walker. And you know, because I was so excited on the last podcast or the one before when The Walker came by and we had that wonderful verbal exchange and I almost understood him. Well, right now, as I'm looking, he's doing a little bit of a dance. There's a large group of uh, Muslim women. I guess that's what you'd call them, Muslim women. Well, I can tell by the attire. A huge gathering of women and children. And I think he may be of that religion, too. Anyway, he's watching, and he's doing a little dance for them. He's actually quite active today in terms of talking to people and waving So uh, anyway, that's fine. I'm not going to shout this time. We had our turn last time. I'm not going to shout. I might give him a little wave, but um, you know who I'm talking about. And it's, it's such a weird thing. Like every time you come to this park, you meet this poor guy. I shouldn't say poor guy. He's happy. He's happier than anybody on the planet walking in circles on this thing. And here he comes at his pace. And you recognize right away, like you know by the stride, hey, that's who it is. You know from a distance that's who it is. Today I'm happy to see he's got a water bottle with him. And uh, there he goes, just pounding away. Here I go. And I give a little wave. Oh, he didn't, I didn't quite catch him in time. But if I shouted it out, he'd stop and greet me. But I, I don't want to bother me. He's, he's, he's greeting other people. Around and around and around he goes. It's just, it, it's quite amazing. It really is. Like, I, I feel some honor should be bestowed upon this person. That something, he deserves recognition. Uh, you know, here in Scarborough. I, 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 I was talking about Scarborough spots, all the names of all the places. It's got to feature some of the Scarborough people, too. Well, hey, you got yourself right here, Scarborough dude, known uh, by even McDonald's knows me by Scarborough. But uh, the walker, I mean, he deserves recognition. All right, anyway, moving on, moving on. Roads to Surrender by Evan Thomas. This is the latest book I've picked up. Well, two books. I am really enjoying this read. The last one, Unbroken, about the... uh, disenfranchised, the the murdered and missing women. Oh, my God, that was a heavy, hard read. And you couldn't help but feel some degree of, like, how do we even connect with these people? How do how do we ever fix this? All these recommendations and reports about um, the wrongdoings and, and the, the whole concept of a race of people or races of people coming from Europe the Spanish in particular, then the French and the English and everybody else, the Portuguese, coming over and just reclaiming this land that had been claimed, you know, 11, 15, 17, 18,000 years earlier by other people migrating from the, uh, from the other, from Asia. 
and and over that land bridge in the Bering Strait, and being the first human inhabitants here, the first peoples, as they're known, and then this other group coming, whoa, look what you got, look at that land, holy shit, fish galore, riches, we want it, we want it, we're an advanced race here, we got language, we got literature, we got art, we got, we got everything, you people, hmm... And they passed judgment, and most of all, the excuse they had, the biggest excuse is, we know the one true God, and clearly you don't. So that just gives us the right to uh, take over, send in the priests, try and convert, and uh, those who resist. Anyway, we're, we're trying to park that. So here's the other story, I mean, this huge story, and this is about the decision, basically, to... End World War II. Uh, D-Day has happened in Europe. Now the Americans are right at the end. They're, they've just lost, what, 18,000 soldiers in uh, uh, Okinawa. And they know that there's a, a ruling coalition in Japan that says, fight to the finish, like to the last man. Like, we are not surrendering under any, any chance. And this is a story. How do we how do we end the war? So meanwhile, top secret. Well, you know this story, but I'm just telling you, it's how could this not be an interesting read? We've got the atomic bomb. We've got to keep it top secret. We've got to keep it away from the Russians, who are you know at least six years behind us. Uh, how are we going to use this weapon? And this is using the diaries of people like the Secretary of War Stinson. Uh, forget his first name. And also uh, Japanese, um, not ambassador, foreign ambassador, yeah, I guess so, uh, to foreign minister Shigenori Togo. So they've got their diaries and, and their thoughts of what's going on. And, and all the different factions, the army, the navy, in the States, the Japanese people saying, you know, we've, they firebombed Tokyo and that hasn't ended things. They've just destroyed Tokyo, the wooden houses the thousands and thousands of people have perished in these fires using dropping napalm bombs. Napalm bombs dropped during World War II on Tokyo. That didn't work. That didn't stop things. You know, the war is going to go on, you know. So what are we going to do next? We've got this bomb. Where are we going to drop it? You know, and of course, for several people, the first choice was Kyoto, a perfect size city. A million people will just blast Kyoto out of existence. And, of course, Stinson, who had been to Kyoto and was a little more cultivated than some of the people in the uh, the army, uh, saying, no way, we're not doing that. Anyway, I mean, I could just talk about this forever. And, I, and I'm just, and I'm, of course, I'm detached, except for my real interest in Japan, but the story of the inside, how are we going to negotiate an end to the war? If we do, as some were saying, well, you're going to have to invade, you're going to have to take Kyushu, the southern island, take Kyushu after Okinawa, that's the next one, use that as a base, then fly over and bomb Honshu, the rest of the island, the rest of the Japanese islands. And uh, is there another way? If it's, if it's, a, if it's by invasion by troops, there's going to be millions killed, all the Japanese and, and just countless American soldiers. They don't want it. Uh, and so it was the battle of people's minds at these secret meetings to decide, okay, what's the best approach? Do we kill? Do we hang? 
uh, Hirohito, the, the uh, emperor, or do we use him as a bargaining chip? Hey, we'll let you keep your emperor if we, you know, if you guys will surrender unconditionally. Otherwise, the only condition that we're we're not we're not going to take from you, we're going to let you keep this guy. And it's a fascinating read, and you and it could have gone so many other ways. Like this is living history. As as you're reading the diaries, they're keeping in in. June, July of 1945. What What are these people thinking? It just... <laughs> the message is, get out there and read! Read! <laughs> Find something that's interesting and get yourself fucking educated. Just don't just be passive. Consumers... You can say, well, I'm consuming a book. Yeah, yes, yes, but, you know, I'm, it's forcing me to think with every line. I'm thinking, oh, my God, what are the implications of that? Oh, my God, what if they had agreed on that? You're thinking. <sighs> As opposed to just playing. Play is good. Play is good if it keeps you calm and helps you unwind and de-stress. That's okay. That's okay. And I know this sounds like I'm lecturing, God damn it, and people, oh, shut the fuck up, dude, who the fuck are you? You know, I understand that, I understand that, forgive me, I, I mean, I'm, I, I guess I'm just, I'm championing, I'm championing myself right now, I'm so pleased with myself, okay, for getting back into the reading habit, for not going out and buying books, wow, getting away from the beats and all that shit, getting into reading of new things that are challenging to me, okay? Now, I'm going to read a couple of quotes. Oh, by the way, uh, in spite of what I said last time, I picked up once again the Bono autobiography, 500-plus pages, and did not. I, I read the first few pages. Fuck, I don't want to read about this guy. Back it went. No, no. I don't want to read about fucking Bono. Um, I picked up instead a book called Gods and Demons, uh, sort of the dark side of Bally. And I'm, whoa, that's, that's, so that's, I'm saving that for after this one. Uh, that should be interesting. By a journalist, an Australian journalist. Um, you know, about all the dark things that go on. We think of Bally as this little paradise. And she said, oh, no, these criminal organizations and people with different agendas. Oh, my God. So here's a quote from Road to Surrender. The reputation. This is um, a memo from Secretary of War Henry Stimson. Okay, so that's one of the key journals, or uh, what do you call it? Uh, people keep their notes, you know, your diaries um, from one of the diaries. Uh, but it was a memo from Secretary of War Henry Stimson to President Truman, May seventeenth, nineteen forty-five. The reputation of the United States for fair play and humanitarianism is the world's biggest asset for peace in the coming decades. Wow. Oh my God. He's come back. Since the last time I talked to you, the few minutes I've been talking, he's back and he's just hands out in all directions, pointing to everybody, at everybody. He's just having the time of his life right now. Uh, anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm waving. Things going on, like, a, you know, squirrel, okay? But the reputation of the United States for fair play and humanitarianism is the world's biggest asset for peace in the coming decades. In other words, Stimson does not want... He thought 
the uh, the Air Force was doing targeted specific bombing, and of course they weren't when they firebombed um, Tokyo. And he said, "We're not going to do what the English did, you know, to firebomb Dresden. No, we don't do that. We're we're civilized. We we, we spare civilians. Well, that's not what happened. So, but he believed this anyway. Um, I guess, yeah. All right." Sorry, one last quote, one last quote. And this is just to the to get an idea of what was really at stake during those final days of uh, World War II, 1945. Using a new improved incendiary, incendiary bomb filled with a jelly, gas, jelly gasoline called napalm, Major General Curtis Lee set to light a fire on the ground that would spread. The argument was that the factories are not in one big central location that they can bomb. They're little places all over Tokyo, so you just got to bomb the whole city to destroy the factories, okay? Um, He knew the Japanese cities made largely of wood would burn. On the night of March 10th to 11th, by setting off a a ferocious firestorm, the B-29s burned out 16 square kilometers of the Japanese capital, the noise in the plane, the crews in the planes can smell the burning flesh. He will eventually, it will eventually be determined that roughly 85,000 residents of Tokyo, or probably more, died in the uh, conflagration. According to the U.S. Strategic Bombing Survey, the fire started by the B-29s and their napalm bombs killed more people in a six-hour period than at any time in the history of war. That's quite a statement. <sighs> anyway, I guess, again, I'm, I mean, this is all serious stuff, but that's because <laughs> sometimes life is. And even though I have the luxury of just talking to people from, uh, you know, the comfort of my little car on a beautiful park on a beautiful day where, uh, as far as the eye can see, there are people of different cultures and religions and nationalities uh, peacefully living together. How lucky we are in this post-war generation, which was mine. Scarborough Dude signing out. Thank you for listening, if you still are. Bye-bye. And I'm back. No, no, sorry, chicken. Not, not, not. No, look, I, look, I'm sorry. I've got eight minutes. That's all. Uh, no, there's only, there's eight minutes left. I'm sorry. I'll put you on next week. You can be a host, co-host next week. Yeah, sorry, I had to. Chicken just wouldn't stop. I had to actually shut off the recorder. It just got really, really ugly. So, listen, this is the the end of this uh, particular podcast, or coming to it. Got seven minutes left. I'm ending with a song by the Beach Boys that I've played a number of times, and I just love it so much. And I know... I dumped so much on you people, you listeners, those who listen through. Um, and so I owe, I owe you something. So there's a nice song coming up, okay? It ends with a nice song. Please enjoy that. And forgive me if I sound, you know, holier than thou when I go on about, guess what I'm doing? I'm reading. Are you reading? <laughs> You're doing what you want to be doing. 
Okay, and it is not my job to to lecture people and tell them what they should be doing just because I think it's good for me, all right? So apologies there. Please accept them. And uh, gosh, soon, a couple of weeks, I guess, I'll be seeing uh, some of you listeners in real life in um, that place next to Toronto. What is it? Hamilton. So that's kind of exciting. Uh, meanwhile, I think there'll be a meeting with Mark Blevis, gosh, next Wednesday at the Only Cafe. So if you're hearing this, Wednesday, what date is Wednesday? That is the 18th or something? Tuesday, Wednesday, 19th. Well, I got the 19th. Wednesday the 19th. I got Only Cafe with a question mark. Mark says he might be able to make it by 7. Meanwhile, John and I are saying, hey, come on, make it early. We're old. we got to get home early. I'm, you know, thinking, what am I going to do? Does meeting Mark Jevis, Mark Blevis justify spending $30 to get home? No. I better take the TTC. You know, how much is his visit worth? I, that's Sorry, Mark, but hey, I got, I got a fact. Right now, costs are a real important factor in the things I do. And uh, anyway, then on, when is it? The um, 25th, 28th? Hey, when is the, uh, gosh... Oh, the Lucky 13 at the Eaton House. Yeah, that is on uh, Saturday, July 22nd. So if you're around town, I've uh, told a few people, I'll be there by around 6 o'clock or so. Band comes on at 8. It'll be probably the last band ever at the Eaton House because it's being demolished. Very sad. Losing another landmark of, uh, you know, old-time kind of Toronto. Anyway... I didn't make any notes for this time. I've I've read you a lot of quotes. I'm deep into uh, The Road to Surrender. It's a wonderfully written book with so much detail of things that are just such importance, like the the various opinions on where the next bomb should be dropped. I, I've just got up to the point where the bomb was dropped on Hiroshima, and some people wanted to believe, no, it was just a, it's mainly a military town. You're just killing soldiers. And, of course, that was not the case at all. But that's how some people justified it and, and withheld information as it goes up the chain and uh, down the chain as well. So... There's that, and then of course the next bomb, and, and the the other possible places, and the number who wanted to just wipe Tokyo off the map, the capital, and take the emperor with them, and others can't do that, can't do that. We need the emperor, but the thing is, all these decisions, as you're reading the book, these are as these decisions, monumentous decisions with such wide repercussions. For every choice that's made, it, it's just incredible. The, the the burden. It's no wonder so many of these people had heart attacks and and just completely stressed out from deciding. And I guess the the, the biggest factor from the American side to justify dropping atomic bombs was the number of American soldiers they knew would have been killed if they had to invade Japan via Kyushu and send troops in the way they, they lost so many in Okinawa. And and so, all right, we got this bomb. Let's get her done. And, you know, so there's all these discussions about the morality of... But 
it's easy to look back and say, well, they couldn't make this decision or that. But as you read through uh, and what's going on, and then just this idea that the day that the bomb was dropped in Nagasaki, Russia declares war on Japan, and just thousands upon thousands of Japanese troops surrendered to the Russians in Manchuria, or Manchuko as they renamed it, and were many, just 70,000 or something, never seen again. And others marched off to uh, um, Siberia to work as slaves uh, until years after the war, before they were released, a horrific condition. So it's just the, the horror of war, the horror. And the people who, like the, the number of people in Japan who wanted to keep this thing going to the last person, they didn't care. It was a matter of honor. We've never lost a war. We've never been invaded. We're fighting to the very last woman and child, basically. Uh, and and just how do you change that thinking? How do you challenge it? And, and the people who wanted to stop then knew that if they spoke up too loudly or protested too much to the emperor, they'd be killed as many were before them. It's just, it's just, it's horrific. But, it, I mean, it's Shakespearean on another level of, of just, my God, the human drama, the, 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 the characters, the interactions. So I know it's wrong to sort of talk as if war is entertainment, or, but it, it is the reading, the study of the history that they're, they're, you can't deny there's a fascination of how things might have been, how, how they could have been. You know, some people say, well, how could it have been any worse? Atomic bombs, these, you know, six million killed in Germany. How could how could it have been any worse? The World War One, there's this horror of fighting over plots of mud. How could that be of worse? You know, you think of the the, the animals, the the sacrifice, the horror. Anyway, God, I don't want to end on that note, but that's I guess it's where my head is because that's what I'm reading about and and feeling. It's important to read. It's important to understand. I, I did want to say, apologies to anybody who may feel that I'm lecturing, and I know it comes across that way, that uh, what I'm doing is a great thing, and you better examine what you're doing in case it's not great. Uh, And that's plain foolish. You do whatever it is you like to do that keeps you mentally comfortable, healthy, balanced, uh, and at peace with yourself, and whatever it takes for you to achieve some kind of equilibrium and and, uh, get on. But if if you're having some doubts... Challenge yourself, too. Challenge yourself, you know. Yeah, damn, there I go again. My God. Ken, you and your sermons, man. But uh, anyway, I'm, I'm going to end it here. I'm, gonna, I'm ending with this song as a little thank you to those of you who have listened to the song I've played before on this podcast, and I love it, and uh, I hope you do, too. So, Scarborough Dude, signing off. Um, and see some of you in real life real soon. Yeah. Bye for now. I'm thinking about this whole world. Late at night, I think about the love of this whole world. Lots of different people everywhere. And when I go, I 